Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, uh, I'm very excited to sit down with our uh, guests. Um, we're going to sit and talk with Tanya Littlehales and Jeff Hasagawa. Um, this is a couple that I met um, during the Deseret stage race. They took it on. They stepped up to the challenge uh, and just knocked it out of the ballpark, dude. Seriously, like getting stronger as the week went on and and battling like all sorts of crazy weather and what we talk very briefly about it here um without giving too much away but man they had they had quite the week i was honored to be out there uh witnessing their adventure um but mostly like i just thought it was super fun getting to know uh this very adventurous couple and I just remember at camp, they, they just mentioned kind of like as an aside, some of the things they had done previously, including, um, biking from the Arctic circle to Argentina. Um, so basically covering essentially two continents on their bikes over two years. And man, they just mentioned that. And it was in a time where I was busy filming and, and running around everywhere. Um, and I was like, dude, I have to hear about this. And so I sent him a message, invited him on the podcast saying like, man, I really want to hear um, how you guys did that, what that experience was like. And there are episodes of this show where I leave the recording with with just like this sense of adventure stirring within me, within my soul. Um, and that this is one of those episodes for sure. Like as they're talking about this, it, it will bring up this sense of, of just major, major adventure. And, and, you know, like it made me, it made me start thinking like, what can I do in my life, in my busy schedule where I can get, you know, I can get an adventure out of it. Now, obviously not two years worth of adventure, um, but where in my life can I kind of use this inspiration to go out into the unknown? Um, because the thing that I really enjoyed about talking with them is they they went up there with little to no experience when it comes to like bike touring or bike packing, and they just did it. They just were like, we're going to figure it out. And they approached the adventure with that openness um, to basically like embrace whatever challenge came their way, whether that that's like faulty maps or swarms of mosquitoes or or anything like that. They just they're like, this was we'll get there. We'll get there somehow. I don't know how we're going to get there, but at some point we will complete our goal. And that's the mindset that is so important, but it's also the mindset that going out and doing an adventure like this builds within ourselves. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Like it's important to have that going in, but it's also important to like practice that muscle almost, uh, the muscle of just kind of being able to go with the flow and being able to problem solve on the fly, uh, which is why one of the many reasons why adventure is so important in our lives. So uh, I truly hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. These guys are awesome. I am so excited for this one. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 264 with Tanya Littlehales and Jeff Hasagawa. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week I'm joined with two amazing human beings. I'm so excited, but uh, Jeff Hasegawa and Tanya Littlehales, uh, welcome to the show, guys. Um, I got I got the chance, the the opportunity to like sit and kind of be an observer of you guys during Desert Rats, and I just have to say, like we we were talking, me and the other Chris who was filming, and we we're like, man, every time we saw Jeff and Tanya. It was just so awesome. Like they just like Jeff, you just brought this like peace and like zenness to the whole entire race. And Tanya, you're just a complete like machine. So so yeah. So anyways, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I would thank yeah, you. I describe myself as the chaos Muppet and Jeff is the order Muppet. So, you know, that those are our roles in life. Can you go into some detail on that? <laughs> Well, like I had run, it was probably like a decade ago, but I was running with a friend of ours who's a judge. And she's like, have you ever heard the Muppet theory of personalities? And I'm like, no, I haven't. She's like, it was an actual New York Times article and it divided the world's people into chaos Muppets and order Muppets. So if you like watch Sesame Street or the Muppets or whatever, and the ones that have all the big wild googly eyes and hair, those are always the chaos Muppets, the ones who, you know, tear stuff apart. And yeah. then- Muppets like Kermit and and so forth. They're the ones that uh, bring order and reasonableness to everything. So anyways, I think every good partnership has a good mix of the, the order and the chaos Muppets. So one of you is like Beaker. Right? Yeah. Or I always thought more Gonzo for me. Like Gonzo is a great one. I get yeah. that. And then, and then Jeff, you're like, um, hmm. I don't know, maybe like that American Eagle guy who's just kind of like <laughs> eyebrows and just kind of uh, uh, like yeah. Sam the Eagle. <laughs> yeah, is that his name, Sam? Yeah, that's Sam. That's Sam the Eagle. That's, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's sweet. I think I'm more like Fo- I like. I always liked Fozzie Bear the best because his jokes were like just terrible, and I just like to drop <laughs> terrible jokes on like my kids, and they already your dad, realized. yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a, like you're in, in Fozzie. Yeah, it's 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 contractually obligated as a dad to do that. Um, <laughs> but I do want to ask you guys real quick a little bit about Desert Rats without spoiler alerting because we obviously were out there filming and and all that and it was just it was quite a week um, for all the racers and I I have to say once again like as I was out there and as I rewatch all the footage, which is weird. Cause I'm like, I've been rewatching footage for the last week. So now to talk to you guys, it's like, yeah, I just saw you guys like <laughs> yesterday morning, but, uh, uh, but I was just such a huge fan. Like what you guys went through was incredible. So, so yeah, well, give us a little bit about that experience. Desert rats was amazing. It was, um, just an amazing experience right from the outset. And, you know, Chris, you and I talked several weeks beforehand, um, and uh, you were, you were, I asked you what it was like, and you were kind of like, oh, it's, it's, it's almost like a, an adult vacation, you know, where you just kind of get out and you get to play, and um, it was, it was really that. I mean, it was, it was hard, I mean, granted, you know, but um, it was just an opportunity to focus on, you know, getting out, adventuring, hanging out with people, um and you know kind of get away from your your regular day-to-day life which was oh, there's awesome. a cat. yeah um yeah so it was it was amazing it was it was awesome yeah I think, who was it autumn might have described it the best like i was trying to describe what it meant to me 
one of the days, like in the middle of the race and uh, how you, you know, you break out of your normal routine, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh yeah, it's a good pattern disruptor. And that really kind of summed it up pretty neatly for me that, well, I don't know what pattern I've been in this last year and a half, but it hasn't been a good one. Um, and I was in a pretty bad physical and mental space before coming into it. And it just completely turned everything upside down and you couldn't even think about it. Like you couldn't think about anything negative that had happened or was going to happen because when it's 112 degrees and you're on some godforsaken road in the middle of nowhere, like there are no thoughts, like you're just going. And so even though it was miserable at some times and great at other times for me, it just broke me out of that bad pattern that I had been in. Yeah. Do you, would you like say we're like a month out at this point? I mean, have you kind of taken that like those good vibes with you? Because I totally have, you know, and I was just an, yeah. an observer of the experience this time. I have. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's not like we came back and the problems that were here and the sadnesses that were here completely went away. But I, there's like less attachment to them, I would say that, you know, you kind of have a sense that there can be good times and fun and you can do cool, amazing things, even if you're getting older. I don't know, it just, it shook it up and it broke me out of that rut. And when things are still like they have been back home, I just don't feel quite as attached to them feeling as negative. I don't know if that makes sense, but maybe I've just been doing too much yoga, you know, trying to lessen my attachments to, to things. Well, yeah, it, it really, um, it, it's not a race. I mean, it is a race. There's that element, but it's really an adventure. And, you know, it's an, it's an opportunity to live in the moment with, you know, some, some amazing people. I mean, everyone there, they're, they're all characters, you know, yeah. like they're all characters. Chris, you're a character. Like <laughs> everyone, uh, Reed was a character. It was just, uh, you know, such a, such a good chance to live in the moment. And we don't get to do that very much. Uh, yeah. So when I think on like an adventure like that, people show up as their best selves because you have to like to survive a 38 mile, 113 degree day. Like you have to be your best self at that point, you know? And I think you get that from every, I don't know. I always feel like I get that from everybody, which is really, really cool. My best self was just like a drunken sailor. Like I was just swearing and stumbling. And I mean, I don't know if that was my best self or not, but. <laughs> I love it. That's a, that's a best self for sure. That's the funny thing, man. Like I wasn't a fake person. <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember I was down at the boat. There was a boat ramp and you got in the water and it was finally, you finally got in the water after miles and miles of the lonely oh. road. <laughs> um, and I was down there filming you guys and it was just so funny. Like you're, you were like a drunken sailor and it was hilarious. And then it just like, Jeff was just sitting there and he's just like, yeah, man, this is what we chose to do. Like, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And I'm like, what a Zen guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the moment, yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was an adventure that we chose and, um, you know, it was, it was just great to enjoy it. But did and, you... and being in the river at that moment, that was the hot day when it was 112 and we finally got to the river and we finally got to cool off there. And it was just like, oh yeah, everything, the circle is complete, mm -hmm. you know? 
But did you talk to him? Did he sound so zen on the expedition day when it was hailing and thundering and he had his emergency blanket wrapped around like a little tutu? Because I don't think he was quite so zen then, is my, my yeah. thought. I'm okay. trying to remember. There was a day, Jeff, where, and I don't remember when it, it might have been that moment. Actually. I think it was that day. We were, I was like watching you. And I don't think you registered that we were there. Like we were just like, hey, Jeff, good job, dude. And we kept calling you G-Off because <laughs> there was another Jeff. So we're distinguishing. But we we're just like, hey, man, good job. And you were just like, it was so funny. There was a complete like five seconds of you just miserable, like what is happening? And then you like registered that we were there and you're like, hey, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That fourth, that expedition day, that was a tough day. And I had a really good day that day. And that actually is a role reversal for us because I should have done better in the heat and he should have done better in the cold. But I mean, the cold came out of nowhere and it was right at the end. And it was just like, really, one more thing. Like, you're almost done. You're like, really, there's one more thing here. Well, I tempted fate on that hot day because I remember Sabrina and I were like stumbling down that never ending hot road. And I was like, you know, I can't imagine ever feeling cold again. Like there is nothing but heat ever and always. Like there is nothing other than heat and I will never feel cold. I, can't, I couldn't, I could not go there mentally. So yeah, less than 48 hours, guess what? It was cold. And no, everyone's just wearing shorts and t-shirts. There's like, no mm. one's prepared for that. It was wild. Yeah. But yeah, so I want to get into though, like you guys have this adventure mindset that has been developed over years and years and you mentioned this major adventure to me and i was like whoa i want to hear everything about that your big (laughs) bike ride uh but before we get into that like i just want to hear about your backgrounds like were you both always adventurous did one of you like get the other one like talk the other one into it or or what you know what was it like growing (laughs) up and how did it lead to to where you guys are now when you ask the chaos muppet yeah chaos muppet what do you got oh god I've, I've always been that kid, like just always that kid. And my, my dad who recently passed away, he stoked that in me. Like we were different in some ways, but he definitely was always plugging me into the outdoors in any way that he could. And I mean, I think he did it in a thoughtful way, but we got lost and into trouble a lot as well. And he'd frequently ski me and other people way past their abilities. And you know, um, and I just thought that was normal. Um, but I mean, I grew up with him at any given moment, be like, okay, point to West. Okay. Point to East, you know, like just constantly drilling me on cardinal directions and, uh, how to read topo lines on a map and what was the best way to ascend and descend. And like, that was just always drilled into me. And I just always liked to do stuff like I remember being with my grandparents and my mom in Egypt when I was like 12. And, you know, we're on the little, little horses and doing the little tourist thing. And I was kind of sick of being around everyone. So I had just asked um, the guy who was with me, like, can we go fast, like out into the desert? And he's like, sure. And he like slaps my horse. And we're just like racing out into the desert. My mom's behind us like, Tanya, come back, you know. But that's just always, that's just always how I've been. I don't, I don't think about it even. Like, I, I think as I get older, I, I've modified it a little bit. And I might, I mean, Jeff definitely had his own adventurous spirit. Like we had both traveled internationally a lot before we started dating in our, I guess it was early 20s. Uh, 
but probably the more physical aspect of traveling, I, I might have brought that a little bit more. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I was I was a city kid, wasn't you know spending time outdoors, wasn't adventurous, and um, did like to travel, um, but you know never did. I mean, we weren't cyclists, we weren't runners. You know, when when we kind of came up with this idea for this bike trip. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways, it was kind of a good thing because, you know, that, that, you know, the, the, the ignorance is, is bliss oh, kind of thing, bliss. you know, going into it. Like we had no idea what we were getting into. None. Oh, absolutely none. But it, I, I just remember having the idea kind of just fully formed drop into my, my mind one day. And of course it doesn't happen that way. You get it like in bits and pieces that yeah. you or me don't realize, but I just remember like being out for a bike ride with Jeff one afternoon and I'm like, you know, I think we should bike from the Arctic Circle to the tip of South America. And I remember just as I was saying that out loud, that was the first time I'd ever thought it. Like, it just kind of came out like that. So I mean, obviously I picked up things before that made that seem reasonable. And I remember Jeff was just kind of quiet and he nodded and he was like, okay, we can, we can talk about that. <laughs> well, what, what were you picking up on beforehand? Like, had you heard stories well, of people doing like that? We or spent what? a year in South and Southeast Asia traveling around, but more conventional, like backpacker style where, you know, you take the local buses and the ferries and uh, trains and everything else. And I do remember meeting a woman in a pretty remote island in Indonesia. And she was uh, bike touring around Indonesia, just cycling um, along the island roads and then hopping a ferry to the next island and so forth. I think she was British. And at the time, I thought that was awful because the roads, at least on this island, were absolutely awful. I'm like, who would want to do that? But it stuck with me on some level. And I liked the physical aspect of it and I liked the adventure aspect of it. But I never really thought about doing that myself. I didn't think I thought about it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, no, I think we should do that for two years. See, okay, so here's where I have to pause for a second because like most people d don't have that thought and even if they do, they don't actually go do it. You know what I mean? So like what led you guys to be like, that's a good idea. And then all of a sudden you're in Alaska. I, well, yeah, yeah. you know, I, at, at first I was like, okay, well, you know, that sounds great, but let's, let's ease into it. You know, maybe we do a trip across the U.S., you know. Yeah. You, you know, so I'm trying to find a way to make it work in my head. Um, no, and I'd had this vision like, nope, we're going from the Arctic to South America. Like, there was just not. Like, well, and then, yeah, I had to convince myself like, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll take this trip and we'll write a book about it and we'll, you know, we'll make it our job or something. And of course, you know, it, it, it none of that came to but um yeah we were just like okay well this is what we're doing so um okay what do we need we need bikes i think i think tanya had a mountain bike i i bought a mountain bike and we need maps and you know this was you know so so this is 2000 2001 right so yeah. this is like digital photography is like out there but it's not really yeah mainstream and blogging isn't happening and you know so this is kind of like technology is 
is it is way better than it was then. And we had a laptop and we sort of had a website, but um, you know, we couldn't really upload things on a regular basis. And we just ended up carrying this heavy ass laptop, you know. <laughs> oh, no, we ditched that as soon as we got um, to Dawson City in the Yukon. We got rid of it then. You're still in the Yukon ditching the laptop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, That's- no, we started, I remember, God, we had the silliest things at the very beginning. Like we had um, a travel chess set and I didn't play chess, but I figured, oh, you know, bike trip, that'd be a good place to start. You know, why not? And I had a bikini, which the mosquitoes, there is absolutely no way that you're ever going to expose that much skin, like ever. Like if we weren't actively biking, like deed it up, the first thing we did was like throw on our head net, throw on waterproof layers, even if it was 85 degrees that they couldn't bite us through. Like it just was, uh, there's nothing that can describe like the tundra mosquitoes when they first awaken but that was up north though. that was up I mean, north but we, i'm just saying like we pack silly things like it like, got it did it get out like the mosquitoes like i was just in wisconsin visiting my dad in like the Northwoods. i went on a trail run and i had like my hood up like the little desert shirt i had um and it was nuts man like the swarm was insane as soon as i went in the woods and i was i could handle an hour of it and then i was i was out i was like i couldn't handle any more of that like yeah can, tell me how that is biking are you like one hand well, on it, was, it was it was it was crazy because you know we flew up to inuvik in the northwest territories you know which is about as far north as you can fly yeah and, um we got there you know this is the this is above the arctic circle so it's and in the summer it's 24 hours of light so it never got dark and um, we got there and we're like, wow, this is amazing. There's no mosquitoes and it's always light and it's gorgeous. And, you know, this is going to be so amazing. And then like maybe three or four days later, like mosquitoes hatched. And it was, I mean, nothing that you can imagine. Like, like I remember we were at REI before this bike trip and we saw like a model wearing like a full mosquito net thingy, you know, like one of those mannequins. And we were like, and I remember saying, oh boy, if we, if we need that, we're going to be in trouble. We just ended up buying the head nets and we used them. I mean, we would fight over who was going to do the dishes because that meant you had to take off your gloves. That's insane. Insanity producing activity. I mean, it wasn't too bad when you're actually on the bikes. Like as long as you're moving at 10 miles per hour faster, they couldn't draft off of you. Like even if you had a tailwind, they couldn't really draft off of you. Like they really aren't that fast flyers. So as long as we were moving, it wasn't terrible, but you'd start like going up a hill and you know, you're, you're just slowing down a little bit, a little bit. And the like the, the pack, the draft of mosquitoes behind you is starting to slowly creep up and slowly creep up and you can't cycle any faster than you can cycle. And the mosquitoes are just like on you. And I remember one time I just had it and I like threw a fit and I like was slapping at them. But of course doing that, I ended up falling off my bike and I'm trapped underneath my bike with the trailer and the mosquitoes are biting the absolute hell out of me. And I'm like, well, okay. That's, Better just keep your cool. That's crazy. I, I've 
had moments on that trail run where I was like, I have to go to the bathroom and stop and pee. And you can't, you just yeah, can't fine, do it. it. You got to just keep running is all I'm going to say. So yeah, <laughs> yep. that's crazy. So what were the like locals up, you know, up in the Arctic tell, like thinking about your endeavor? Like, did you trick them into thinking you knew what you're doing or what? You know, people were pretty chill up there. And when we did get ourselves into trouble every now and then, um, we got bailed out if you not bailed out. <laughs> like uh, I think it was actually the summer solstice and we were just about we were still north of the Arctic Circle and just about to cross it and a, just a massive blizzard hit uh, and it just completely obscured everything like we couldn't tell the dirt road from the tundra from anything and it was fairly freaky like I mean it was the one time the mosquitoes weren't out so we did have that as a bonus but yeah. It was relatively unnerving and we hadn't seen any, I mean, this is a dirt road that we'd maybe see a car an hour if that. Yeah. We hadn't seen anyone for hours and hours because who's driving in a blizzard where you can't tell the road from the tundra. Uh, and a car came up and, and they were maintenance workers and they popped us in the truck um, for a couple of miles and took us to like the maintenance shed that they, they live at. And so we were actually able to get inside out of the snowstorm and stay there for the night. And uh, that was really cool. You know, yeah. so at that particular moment, I think, yeah, locals realized we were in over our heads and, and helped us out. And, but no, it wasn't until like we hit South America that people started really wondering what the hell we were doing. You know, like I remember a guy in Bolivia that we were having a nice chat with one day. He was like, so, you know, and after we've been talking for a few minutes, he's like, so, what did you guys do? And we're like, what do you mean do? He's like, well, what did you do wrong? And we were a little confused still. And he's like, what, what punishment is this? And he was being completely sincere. Like we were wow. doing penance for like a major sin of some kind. Yeah. Is, is that, is castigo? Is that the word for penance? Castigo. Yeah. It was like punishment. Yeah. 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 He asked us that and we we're, and it was just like, huh? Yeah. This is punishment. Well, not really. And he was totally by our yeah. doing. Yeah, it was self punishment. Yeah. And then you're then you start thinking deeper, and you're like, "Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I here in a <laughs> middle of nowhere in Bolivia right now, talking with a you know very nice farmer <laughs> who thinks I'm like on the run from something? Maybe who thinks I must have murdered a lot of people if I'm <laughs> having to pull like my stuff behind me on a <laughs> um man. So I gotta ask this though, like when you do like a multi not even multi-month but multi-year for for you guys when how long does it take you to like get in the adventure mode where you're able to like i don't know just kind of like let go of your previous like not you don't let go of your previous life but you kind of move forward from that like how long does that take do you think yeah well i i mean kind of like desert rats you know it's like you're you're in the moment right there yeah like all that other stuff that doesn't matter what matters is you know where are we going to sleep tonight you know do we have enough food do we where are we going to get water and um so so it's more it's it's more just right there in the moment you know which which again is 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 fun it still took me probably the better part of two weeks to sort of acclimate to the pace like just to figure out how much 
food that we need because I radically underestimated like our caloric intake for that first mm. we really ran low and it was not fun and uh, and so it took like about that much time to get a sense of like how much we were really consuming calorie wise and what we needed and um just kind of settle into a routine like you know how to how to find a good camp spot for ourselves which weren't official campsites and who's going to hang the bear bag once we got out of the tundra and like we're setting up the you know the tents and we kind of fell into little routines of who was doing what and that i think that took about two weeks yeah Are, and you guys were married at this point already yeah okay do you think like that kind of like breaking down the tasks has like carried through like past the adventure yeah you know it kind of has and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not yeah when i like years later i i through hiked the arizona trail by myself and it was really important to me and and scary for me going into it to know that i was going to be doing all by myself all of the things that we had shared together and you know i'd done other things like that before but not for that length of time where i was really really on my own and you know it's like i remember having a night where things went radically wrong and a dust devil my tent and blew it out into the middle of the open desert and got stuck on an ocotillo cactus and i'm like where the f is jeff right now like, i really need him right now <laughs> you know, and i could not have been more remote at that particular moment but of yeah. course that's when it always happens it seems always but it's good. It's I mean, it's good to have a partner to break up tasks with and be really efficient with, but it's also good to make yourself do those things that you don't uh, always do. Yeah. Any other like really memorable kind of moments or stories from Canada or Alaska or anything like that? Oh my um, goodness. Um, You're like so many. So many. <laughs> Just, just right, just driving, you know, so the Dempster Highway where we started is a, is a gravel road and it's, it's quite remote. Um, it goes from Inuvik to, to Dawson City. And, um, you know, Tanya mentioned, you know, not planning the food. We actually ran out of, we I mean, did run out of we food. ran out yeah. of food that last night. And so we were at a shelter and there are some other travelers there and they're like, hey, how's it going? How's your trip? And we're like, well, we're, we're kind of hungry, actually. <laughs> and uh, they gave us they gave us some rye bread, cucumbers and hummus. I remember that. And it was the best rye bread, cucumbers, hummus <laughs> of your life. <laughs> and, and we rolled into Dawson City, which was, you know, the first kind of town that we'd seen since Inuvik. Um, and it was it was Canada Day. It was Day. Canada Day, July 2nd. And so everyone was out and celebrating and we we're like, what? you know, this is this is awesome, <laughs> you know. But yeah, so up north, man, so many, I mean, seeing bears um, in, in Haines, Alaska. Uh, so Haines is, you know, pretty small town. And um, we heard that there was a wedding. And, you know, when there's something going on, everyone's invited. So yeah. we're like, okay, we're going to go to this wedding. And we're in line to get food or beer or something. And guy next to me turns to me, he's like, Jeff Hasegawa? And I'm like, what? <laughs> no way. It was a guy uh, who I grew up with, like lived in my neighborhood. And he was up there, just, just happened to be up there living in Haines, guiding uh, raft trips. And he ended up taking us for a raft trip. And it was just, you know, kind of one of those cosmic things. That's crazy, man. Like just the fact that you were just like, I'm just going to go to this random wedding. And then some dude in Alaska was like, knew you. 
Yeah. 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 It was fun. Did you turn to Tanya and were you like, I'm kind of a big deal up here? (laughs) Totally big deal. (laughs) No, he's run into random people all around the world. Like the year that we spent in Asia, I think we had just gotten off the plane in Indonesia and we're just trying to walk off like a few hours until we, you know, could fall asleep and not, you know, do the jet lag thing. And the first person that we met was like a high school friend of Jeff's that was just walking down the street, you know? Yeah. Who happened to be spending a bunch of months in Malaysia and Indonesia. So it was just, yeah, random. So when you, when you have moments like that, do you, does that make the, uh, cause it's happened, it happens to everybody, but it almost has to make the world seem like a small place. It very much does. I mean, and it just keeps going and going like, we were trekking for five days in Indonesia and not a super remote spot, but not a super populated area either. And there was just like little simple guest houses and not a lot of people went through there. Most people that did were like British, German, not a lot of people from the US and, you know, maybe a couple people a month sort of thing. And I was flipping back to this guest book at one, one of the houses and I saw a, a girl's name that you know, somebody I'd gone to high school with, and it was a rather unusual name. So I was pretty sure it was her. And then I I looked and, you know, she had written Portland, Oregon, you know, and it was just like, like I'm 90, I'm still to this day, like not 100% sure, but I'd say 98% sure it was her. I'm like, oh, it figures that of all the people, she's the only person from the US besides us that had signed this in like, I don't know, uh, however many years they'd had it with a few people a month coming through and it happened to be somebody that I was friends with in high school. Wow. I like to ask that question to like world travelers and people who have had these major adventures. Just the question of after having these huge adventures, does the world seem smaller to you or does it seem even like massively bigger than if you couldn't, wouldn't have had oh, those adventures? Great. That's a great you know, question. It's yeah. both. Like you see the interconnectedness of everything that much more, but you also just like, I mean, you could live in a, a beautiful state like Colorado and open up any trail map of any wilderness area. And could you even within the state of Colorado conceivably run all of those or hike all of those trails, even like, not even just the whole state, but like, like let's just give it a small portion of the state. Like, could you really do that? I've tried. I have a big map yeah. of the front range yeah. where I live with all the trails and I'm marking them off. And yeah. it's, it's, it's intimidating. Cause I'm like, I feel like I've gone explored a lot and I haven't barely even cracked the surface. You barely scratched the surface. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, I'm definitely more than halfway through my life at this point. And the places that I want to go that I haven't been, and then the places I want to go back to and dive into deeper or explore this little nook or cranny or something like that. Like I don't have anywhere near the amount of time to do that. But at the same time, it does feel so connected. Like people anywhere in the world are on the basic level, so similar to each other. And the, the way they express themselves might be different. The customs and culture might be different, but you know, we're really pretty darn similar when it comes right down to it. And yeah. And that was, that was definitely a theme of, of this bike trip because um, it, it, it almost just seemed like the, the universe really wanted everything to go well for us, you know? And of course we had, 
tough days and tough times, but it really went man, really well. We we just met like just amazing people who helped us the whole time. Like like we we really didn't have too many sketchy um, um, incidents at all. I mean, like someone threw a battery at Tanya in Montana. Like that was like one of the sketchiest things that happened to us. Like, you know, we're in, you know, we're, we're crossing the border into Mexico and I am, you know, kind of freaking out. Tijuana, and, you know, not a, yeah. not a minor crossing. Like right. it was like full throttle, like right into Tijuana, let's do it. Yeah. And like all the guys who are selling hats and inflatable toys and stuff, and we're trying to cross like a 12 lane highway to get to where we need to go. They're helping us. They're going out. They're stop. They're literally like stopping traffic so that we can pull our bikes. And we had, you know, again, we we didn't know what we were doing. We had these heavy mountain bikes, and we way had these, too much stuff. We had way too much stuff in these big trailers. We didn't have panniers. We had these big trailers. You know, like Bob. I had a Bob trailer, and the thing weighed 70, 80, 100 pounds. I mean, it was it was insane. And these guys were just. Like, oh yeah, well, they're helping us cross the highway and stuff. And it was just a, a great example of like folks who, who were, who wanted to help us, you know, the whole way. Or yeah, or like my trailer broke um, in the middle of nowhere, Mexico on a descent and like the little swivel stick thing snapped. And we are really in an obscure spot and thinking like, oh, how am I ever going to get this piece replaced? How am I even going to get to the next town? And a, a truck driver, Mexican truck driver pulled over and popped our things in the back of his car or back of his truck and took us a couple of miles into the next town, which was his town. It's just a little place. Uh, and I still have no idea how I'm going to fix this part. And he was like, let me take a look at it. And he, he pulls it out and he was like, hmm. And he, he, walks away and he's gone for a couple of minutes and he comes back and he's like, well, I took this out of the toilet. It's like part of the, like the toilet plunger thing. Yeah. And sure enough, that piece worked just fine. And it took us all the way to Tierra del Fuego. Like the plunger piece, like took me all the way down to the tip of South America. Not the flapper, but like, you know, you know the little rod, rod thing. Yeah. The little floaty ball thing in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'd be classy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm too optimistic or too, what, what were they called? They were saying, because we were talking about our spirit animals when we were out in the desert. And that oh, was, yeah, we were saying golden retriever for you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's too golden retrievery, too on brand here to say this, but I feel like when people experience someone doing like this, epic adventure have this huge goal that they're working towards like you guys were like i'm sure people would ask you like hey what are you doing and you're like well we started at the arctic circle and they'd be like whoa mind-blowing right but i feel like when people hear that they almost like get if they feel like part of your experience like they also are part of this adventure now and i i just really think most people in that circumstance are going to support other people's dreams and other people's goals. Um, and I kind of think it might be because everybody has a dream. Everybody has a goal. And when they see people actually doing it and going after it, I think it's like a powerful thing. Yeah. It does unite us all for at least a period of time. And, you know, those people still live with us. Like one of our frames photographs in the house is like Jeff standing next to the the guy that fixed my my trailer with the toilet plunger and 
you know, like we have another picture of like a train in India with um, this guy selling us chai, who was like our favorite chai vendor either ever. Like he was just the coolest guy. And you know, these people, like we still have their pictures up around our house because every time we look at them, we're like, oh, remember this awesome time when this person just went out of their way to be super cool and yeah. That's so awesome. No, I just, I don't know if that's too golden retrievery of me, but that's just how I feel. I don't know. No, I think that's yeah. great. I, I think, I think you're, you're, you hit on something because um, when, when you have a vision or a dream and, and it's pretty clear and, and simple and it's, yeah. it's not, it's not super elaborate. Like what, what is, what are you guys doing? We're cycling down to Ushuaia, you know, Argentina, Tierra del Fuego, you know, pretty much as far as you can go. And they're like, whoa, okay, um, that's cool. Do you need a place um, to camp tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, do you need water? Do you need, you know, what do you need? Um, so, I, yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, if, um, if you have a, a clear vision that people believe in, then, yeah, they kind of want to be a part of it, you know, because for the rest of their, not the rest of their lives maybe, but, you know, they might go home and say, there were these two Americans <laughs> cycling and I, They must have done something really terrible because yeah, there's <laughs> stuff around. They may, they may be on the run. They may be uh, doing some sort of penance, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, bought them a, I bought them a cold Coke and it was, uh, and, and they really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So by the time you guys got to like the U S you were like experienced, like, adventurers now i'd say right like did you feel that way or not yeah we had a routine down by the time we yeah. were in the us and which also includes alaska i mean in alaska we were still kind of figuring things out and but for sure when we got to the us i mean things kind of had changed for us a little bit like our our wedding anniversary and uh, we it happens to be september 11th um, so we got married September 11th, 1999. We're on the cycling trip when September 11th, 2001 occurs. And it was like literally the day before we were going to cross the Canadian. Oh, wow. border. So we're in the Canadian Rockies and um, coming into Radium Hot Springs. Uh, and we had no idea that anything had happened because we had snuck into uh, a campsite that had already been closed down for the season in British Columbia. So we were the only ones there. And the roads weren't really too busy the next day when we got out. And we were just cycling on a beautiful, like, late summer, kind of already turning a little bit golden to fall, September day in the Rockies. And it was the first night that we were going to splurge and stay, like, indoors in a little cabin in Radium Springs because it was our anniversary. And, you know, we show up and things change really quickly. Yeah. And, Guy, yeah, we pulled in and this guy's like, hey, you guys are American, aren't you? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, your world has just cha changed. changed forever. Yeah. And, and you're just like, what do you, what do you mean? What, yeah, are you talking what, about? what happened? Like, and they're like, the World Trade Centers fell down. And I'm, in the back of my mind, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, can somebody pick them up? Like, yeah. you just don't even know how to relate to that. But the border was closed with Canada and the U.S. So we ended up like, we're sort of in this state of shock trying to figure out what's going on, how we're going to get across the border, what we're going to do. And, and in just kind of that narrow window of time, by the time we did cross into the U.S., we had originally been planning to shoot down through the Rockies in the U.S. And it, the season was just turning too quickly. And then we lost some days right at the border. So we ended up like we spent so much time 
going east, 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 east in British Columbia to get to uh -oh. And then we dropped down to the Rockies in the US. We're like, yeah, you know, that snow business, I think it's coming too soon. So then we're going like west, 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 west through uh, Montana, Montana and Idaho Washington. and Washington. And we ended up coming down the US coast. So at that point, I think we had at least enough sense that um, we know that rain can be unpleasant, but it's not going to kill us. But we didn't want like, we didn't want to hit Colorado and be in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. That would have, it would have probably put a stop yeah. if the snow was too bad. Are you, Tony, are you from? Portland or somewhere yeah. in Oregon? Okay. So did you go through your hometown and? We didn't. Well, by the time that we were on the cycling trip, Jeff and I had already moved to Bend. Oh, okay. Out of the country quite a few years, but we already had uh, moved over to Bend as had my parents and my grandparents and my aunt and a lot of family in Bend. So we never went through Bend exactly, but um, when we started, like I, I know a lot of people on the West Coast. We knew people in Washington uh, I had family in Newport, Oregon, on the coast. Uh, we met a lot of people in California that took us in. Oh, nice. In a lot of homes along yeah. the way. And the West Coast of the U.S. is just perfectly set up for cycle touring. There probably is not a better, easier spot to cycle tour than the Pacific Coast. Because you got like the straight shots and places to camp along oh, the way. Oh, my gosh. There's so many good places to camp. They yeah. have hills, like really inexpensive sites for hikers and bikers hot showers, water, like you couldn't go more than half a day without going through a town that had food, you know, it was like, Oh, that's perfect. Straightforward. It was, it was a big change though, because I mean, you mentioned radium hot springs, you know, that was the first time we'd slept indoors in like three months, you know, we'd just been camping just yeah. by the side of the road or wherever. And, you know, going into the U S um, you know, you just, you can't really do that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Being on the, uh, Pacific oh, we did that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Were you afraid sleeping indoors that first night was going to make you soft? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were loving it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there were times when, you know, as it does on the Oregon coast and the Washington coast and even the California coast, where it just rains and rains and rains like day after day after day. And it's not pouring necessarily, but it just penetrates everything. And at a certain point, you're just so miserable and wet. And there's nothing you can do about it. Where does your guys' brains go here? Like, Jeff, are you just kind of like... French fries. <laughs> French fries, French fries. French fries. It goes to like the most caloric yeah. food you can possibly food, think of. We food. Could, we could... We could eat. We could... And like, yeah, cycle tourists, you know, bike packers, you know, they, they can really eat. In Canada, we were thrown down cinnamon rolls because it seemed like every town made cinnamon rolls and these big really good cinnamon rolls and uh yeah in the u.s uh tons of pizza tons of tons of everything oh so it just goes food really miserable i just fantasize about food yeah do you guys do the thing where you just like i know like there's a certain part of me that's like i shouldn't complain during like a miserable endurance thing but sometimes when you find someone else to complain to it just feels good and you just like cuss sometimes it does and, like yeah. i mean that's what sabrina and i were rocking on that you know second day of desert that's right? because we we're like well i can't probably repeat it i don't know like I, i'm pretty sure i watched it so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty much the extent of our you know high vocabulary conversations those days sometimes it does really help or at least when you're when you're done with that particular moment and you're warm mm -hmm. And you can laugh about that moment. Yeah. Cool. But like one of my 
one of my friends who's a pretty accomplished professional ultra runner, he always like, he's never used a pacer in any of his, I mean, he's completed hundreds um, of ultras and he just doesn't use pacers because he feels like it makes it too easy to get down the dumps and like get into the kind of complaining cycle that the second that he sees, like he's with someone, like his mind just goes right to the like complaining thing. And that can be true too. Yeah. It's because people ask you like, Hey, the first question is always like, how are you feeling? And if you answer honestly, you're like, I'm going to start complaining if I answer yep. honestly right now. <laughs> yep. But you know, it's at, at, at Desert Rats, you know, kind of at that celebration, you know, I, I said that, um, you know, Tanya was really the driver um, to who, you know, really inspired me to, to, to do this. And I mean, definitely on this bike trip, um, I was, my attitude was definitely worse than hers. You know, she, her attitude was like, Oh, we're going to the tip of South America. Like, and like, like, like I said, crossing the border into Mexico, I was like, I was afraid. Yeah. I didn't want to. I mean, I just, it was, well, it was such a, it was such a change too, because this was, you know, pre smartphone era and yeah. Yeah. The internet exists, but there aren't even really that many internet cafes that you can stop into. Libraries are always a good source, but you know, we didn't have a ton of virtual yeah. resources at our fingertips and in a, a moment's notice. But uh, like cycling the Pacific coast was such a well-known thing that when we were coming down to the U.S. on the Pacific and really everywhere that we were once we got out of the Arctic in Canada and Alaska, you know, it was pretty well established that we knew what was happening. And the second we crossed over into Mexico, it was like the, there was just no more information. Uh, of consistency and you know you get to places like we would i mean we would go into municipal offices in peru and try to buy maps you know and we'd buy maps and and they really didn't have that much basis in reality a lot of times like you know we were planning routes that i swear to god there must have been somebody in like the capital city of lima thinking like you know I wish we had a road right here. There should be a road right here. And if there were a road right here, it'd be really great if we were paved. So let's you know, put it on a map. Let's put it on. <laughs> and so we would like open these maps up. We're like, sweet, okay, there's a road. And it's it paved. goes, it's paved. And yeah, no, it's not. Um, it's like a riverbed. It's a river. <laughs> like it's, it it's is, like we're so you're, uh, yeah, you're pulling sand. you're pulling your bike and your you know your overloaded trailer through through a river. Sand. Wow. Or like one in Peru where we were going through a mountain pass and, and all of a sudden we end up in one of Peru's major copper mines. Like the road goes like through a tunnel, through this pass, and then all of a sudden it's like you've landed on Mars. Like we've been in this absolutely glorious, like nobody's been there and day in route and it's wonderful. And then all of a sudden we're like in this massive, massive, copper mine where the trucks have wheels that are like two of Jeff's, you know, if Jeff was standing on top of Jeff's shoulders, like that's, that's how I measure things uh, using Jeff, Jeff also. also. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, we encountered a mine and they're like, so what are you doing here? We're like, we don't know. This was on the map. He's like, no, this is a mine and you can't cycle through here, but you know, we'll take you to the outskirts of it. And we're like, okay, that works. Yeah, so they did. And they gave us some uh, ramen noodles, yeah, so like they cup did. of noodles. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Perfect. That's I how, how you're going to find. Like, 
like seriously you didn't know if like the road was really a road or if it just was a wannabe road yeah and it i mean most of south america most of everything that we were on wasn't paved and and even when you thought it was going to be paved chances are it really wasn't yeah when did you guys did you guys ever get used to or like comfortable to that kind of like inconsistency or like the unknown i guess at that point yeah that was yeah i mean you couldn't do anything else like you know, like sometimes you'd end up completely not where you wanted to be. Like, like at one point, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard about how bad the winds are in Patagonia, but they are really, really bad. Yeah. And they come out of the West. And at one point, like they were blowing at, I don't know, 90 miles per hour or something like that. And we literally couldn't cycle into it. So the only way we could go is with it. And it took us completely off route where we were wanting to go, but that's the only thing we could do. So we just cycled into like, like 40 miles out of our way into the next town where we got a bus the next day when buses were running again, because they couldn't run the day before when the wind was blowing back to that junction where we couldn't cycle against the wind the day before. So we literally just cycled 40 miles out of our way because it's the only direction we could go and we couldn't put up a tent anywhere. Wow. That's, that's so wild. Do you think like, in what ways did the whole like beginning of the adventure prepare? Cause that kind of sounds like, you know, I mean, I'm sure the North was super difficult in its own way, but once, once you get down there, it's like almost like sounds like a level up on challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, um, things just intensified like in a, certainly South America had intensified country by country in different ways. Like, I mean, Peru and Bolivia were very intense in some ways, but then getting to Argentina, completely different country and a completely different set of challenges that we face, you know, and it just like what was easier in one country became harder in another and, and vice versa. Yeah, because way up north, I mean, even even in Inuvik or Dawson City or Whitehorse, you know, there's, there's infrastructure, you know, there's, yeah. you know, it's Canada, you know, they've got They've got, they've got a great healthcare system. And when we're in the backwaters of Bolivia, you know, or, or Peru, it's like, there's nothing there. Like in, in Peru, I remember like we would cycle into towns and I mean, towns, these are villages and there's, you know, we're hoping to buy something. And there's, there's literally like a kid on the side of the road with a table selling like crackers. Like, yeah all there is or like an onion and a couple of potatoes and like whatever they had we were buying you know like there wasn't a lot of like what should we have for dinner tonight it's like well what has he got all right that's it yeah that's what we're having for dinner (laughs) that's right yeah and then you cross into argentina and it's like oh my gosh we're back into olive oil and beautiful wine and oh my gosh empanadas and gnocchi and ice cream and but the wind is absolutely slaying us. You know, there's always something. Yeah, you're like, this part's good now, but this other part is way worse. Oh, man. My, co- <laughs> my cousin told me Argentina had, like, some of the best food that he's had. Like, oh, Argentina oh, was, loved yeah. loved it. Like, I remember crossing the border um, from, from Bolivia. And, well, by that time, you know, Tanya speaks really good Spanish. And by that time, I picked up Spanish pretty well. And crossed the border into Argentina. And first thing, like, I can't understand a word they're saying. They speak Spanish with like almost an Italian it accent. Is an Ital- yeah, very Italianized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they've got the pasta, they've got the wine culture, um, very European. And I'm like, okay, I can't understand a word they're saying, but 
I can buy this bottle of wine for 50 cents because they were, uh, they were having, uh, they were going through financial uh, crisis uh, in their country. So everything was super cheap. And I'm like, okay, but I, I got back. I think we we're at a hotel. I'm like Tanya, I've got a bottle of wine for 50 cents. And she's like, what are we, are we going to drink this whole bottle of wine? And I'm like, huh? I don't know. I was just excited because I had a bottle of wine. Yeah, 50 cents. Cents. Yeah. And it was good. It was like a good bottle of wine for 50 cents. Yeah. Yeah. What did it feel like to like approach the end of the journey on this? For uh, me, it was sad. Like, I think Jeff, Jeff was ready to go back. Honestly, like in Ushuaia, I had pitched this to Jeff and I got, I did get shoot, shot down on this one, but I'm like, let's find a boat. Let's work. Let's work our way across to um, Cape Town, South Africa on a boat you yeah. know, can crew a little bit and then let's cycle up um, Africa. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, we need to go home and we need to make money. <laughs> We're broke. Well, we ended up, I mean, we ended up flying up to Buenos Aires. We did. We, I did talk we, him into a little bonus. We did a little extension at the end, but yeah, I mean, yeah. literally like on that, on the highway headed into Tierra del Fuego and to Ushuaia, like I remember. And it was so beautiful. It was just gorgeous. Oh. And it was, you know, it was their winter, our summer. And it was getting cold and we were pretty far south. It was just and the beginning of their fall because everything was turning color-wise. Yeah. And I, I remember being on the road and I was, no, I was sad. I mean, I was, I was tearing up just like coming into this town. Like, wow, we, 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 we've actually done this. You know, I think that was what made me emotional. And like, I guess I had visions of like pulling into this town and I don't know, maybe there'd be like a camera crew or something. And like, of course, no one. That, that happened later years later no i'm just kidding yeah. yeah like no one knew who the hell we were or what we were doing it's like we yeah. just kind of this town we're like we just rode you know <laughs> from the arctic circle and everyone's like i, I didn't say that but um yeah it was it, but isn't it was, that crazy you want to because you're just like i had this crazy experience and then you're just kind of looking around like nobody knows i had this crazy experience like this is wild yeah and the, the thing is, like, you feel the way, that way for the rest of your life. I mean, that's the, that's the only thing I would say about, like, I've had some great adventures over the years. Yeah. Just great times. But honestly, you know, and I don't say this to sound self-pitying, but nobody cares. Like, it's yeah. one of those, like, people are like, oh, cool, you rode your bikes for two years. Like, what do you work? You know, it's just, it, it They just, can't comprehend it. You no, know, yeah, it goes right to the next thing. And I get it. Like, I, I totally get it. Um, but it's it really kind of spoils you for the rest of your life a little bit because you've had these great experiences and every conversation you have with everybody is memorable. Like I remember every single day of that trip. And like I said, I still have pictures of people that I met going on 20 years ago now that we have framed around our house and because they meant a lot to me and they still do. And you really never have that experience again. Yeah. Do you think like an adventure? You're oh. always seeking it. Like you always know, no matter what else you're doing for the rest of your life, that you've had this really cool experience and what you're doing right now isn't necessarily it. And you're always kind of wanting that new. But we know, I mean, you and I know it's like, it's not like we did this for other people. We didn't we do did it for it, other We did people, it for no. ourselves and we did it just to, just to, just do, to it. do it <laughs> because we didn't know what the hell else we were doing with our lives. And you know, there was a, this was an opportunity and there's a wacky vision and 
you know, let's, let's throw some things in the trailer and let's just yeah. kind of go. And, you know, again, you know, it's funny the first, the, the first time I rode my bike fully loaded was in the airport uh, in, 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 in like, right. I mean, we, we did one practice run like here, we, we rode out to the Ochakos and it was like three nights and you know, we learned a lot, but in Inuvik, it was the first time that I that rode my bike fully loaded and I'm just like wobbling. I'm like, Oh my God, like, I don't think I can do this. And then when, when we actually left the campground the first time fully loaded with water descent, there's like just a little hill. I crashed like right out of the gate, like <laughs> first day, very first mile, not even the first mile. And I was like, huh, okay, this might be a little bit harder than, than we thought. We thought yeah. yeah. Well, when you're in your twenties, you know, you just don't like everything is possible. Yeah. Do you think like, I know cause you're right. Like adventure is for you and it's for your growth as like a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's so huge. And I think people kind of miss out on that for a variety of different reasons. Um, but like an adventure like this, do you, I mean, it's accessible to everyone, right? Like they could, if someone put their mind to it, like people could get it done. Well, yeah. And the thing that's cool is that, you know, you really don't have to be gone for two years. Like we were, you don't have to go from like the top of one continent to the bottom of another, like, I mean, you can go like even those three days that we went out as like a little trial run. I mean, we had adventures, we learned a lot. And, you know, even on that little trial run, a guy, two different people took us into their houses and, you know, like we had weather extremes and we learned stuff and we learned, um, we, I should have learned a little bit better how hungry we got because I didn't pack enough food. But I mean, you can have like, if you really go into it with the right attitude, you can have an adventure literally out your front door and it is a legitimate adventure. Like if you got on your bike and you packed stuff up and you just decided to ride for a couple of days in one direction, you would have an adventure. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Or if you did the same thing with the backpack, like you got a backpack out of your house and you threw a bunch of stuff in it and you decided that you're going to be gone for a couple of nights, even just, you know, I could leave the front door of our house here in Bend and with only less like less than a mile on pavements i could be on dirt and into our wilderness system even as busy as bend is these days i still could do that and it's an adventure yeah what um we were just, we were just lucky you know we are there was so much luck went into this bike trip um it, it is amazing but yeah i mean it, adventures are i was just thinking about that today like you know, we we went up and we summited Mount Bachelor, and it's like, oh yeah, let's let's go have an adventure. You know, because that's really that's really what life is about. And know? sometimes having an adventure means that you're sitting on a rock somewhere, really questioning your life choices. And Jeff did have that adventure today. I did. <laughs> I love that like experienced adventure, still questioning life choices. That should be like a newspaper headline or something. <laughs> <laughs> um kind of the wrap up, like what has these, like, what is something like tangible that these experiences have brought to your life or your like growth as a person or something like that? For me, and I'm, you know, even though I am a chaos Muppet, I tend to be, I mean, my nature is fairly reserved and fairly introspective. Um, and certainly as I get older, like I can hermit 
pretty good um, when times are tough. And adventures to me, like remind me, like we were talking about earlier about the interconnectedness of people and how much more we have in common than we don't. And even like, and I do speak several languages, but even in places I don't speak much or any of the language, I've still managed in my reserved introspective way to have amazing conversations with people in far flung spots all around the world. And for me, that's a really hard thing to do. And, and I brought that into my daily life. It's just like, I feel like if I make an effort, I personally can talk to anyone. And for someone that is, you know, was always kind of a shy kid, that's a big deal. Like I can find something to talk to anyone in the world about. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, for me, there was so, so many amazing things that came out of this, but just, you know, it, it was just a reminder that, you know, you, you can do amazing things. You can go out and do something special. And, um, you know, we got back and we're like, okay, we're, we're pretty fit. What are we going to do? <laughs> like, and we just, oh, let's run a marathon, you know? And so this kind of got us into running and kind of got us into, you know, eventually into the ultra world and, you know, and then we met you and, and, you know, it, it just helped um, move us into a different phase of our life maybe. And just, just gave us an opportunity to, to look for different adventures and find, you know, lots of really cool people along the way. Oh yeah. And those connections, they, they carried through like, like Sabrina, who's 29, almost 30. And I'm, you know, going on, I'm 48, almost 49. Like obviously she's a lot younger than me. But, you know, we had these great conversations about adventure. She's like, okay, so summer of 2023, let's go to Mongolia. I'm like, sweet, let's go to Mongolia. She's like, okay, so there's all these mountains and some of them have climbed and some of them haven't. And I really want to put together some first ascents of these. I'm like, and in the back of my mind, I'm translating like, got to up my mountaineering skills. But like, sweet, Mongolia 2023, you in? Sure. I mean, I, that just like gave me chills. I love that so much because I mean, I hope you guys saw it too. Like I met Thomas, Phil and Paul at the first Desert Rats for me. And ever since then, we've gone on various adventures together. We were all back together for the first time for this. And just how much that's meant to me that and it was, it's funny because it's like, yeah, this is a relationship with someone I had for like six days. Like I just met him hung out with them in the desert for six days, but it was so meaningful for both people. Ah, but you touch their soul. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> you know somebody for six years, and if it's only like social pretense, you might never actually know. Mm. But you could know somebody for six days and actually know them and know their soul a little bit if you're both in the right spot to share that. And I think that's what adventure does is it just burns away maybe in the 112 degree heat, all of those layers that we all carry. And it kind of puts you down to your essential self. And if you can connect to people when you're at your essential self, then that's where the magic happens. That's so amazing. We'll, we'll wrap it there, Tanya. That was genius. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on the show. Like, please keep in touch. Please, please, please. I, I really enjoyed talking with you guys. And, you know, I felt so busy that week. I was like, man, I wanted to just kind of hang out and chill out with everybody. Well, I'm notorious for making road trips out to Colorado and just like calling everybody I know. I'm like, hey, you want to go do some trails? Heck yeah. I got a whole map full of like 90% <laughs> of trails I haven't done yet. So let's Yeah, go. well, yeah, we got to get working on those. You got to get your heat map, you know, up to the 
Yeah, we definitely want to stay in touch with with you and all the folks that we that we met. And um, yeah, it was just such a special experience out there. Um, it was just it was just magical. Yeah, for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Tanya. Um, I I really hope we're able to go out and and go on a mini adventure together or go for a run or just meet up for coffee or something. Sometimes I, w I would absolutely be honored, like truly um, you guys are are really incredible people. And I re-listened to some of the episode before recording this outro. And once again, I'm just ready for an adventure, man. Like that just got me pumped up. So, um, so thank you to both of you. Um, but yeah, guys, thank, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I hope, I hope it's not just me, um, who gets this, you know, this almost like, it's not a need. Well, maybe it is a need, <laughs> but this need to go out and like explore and have new experiences. I hope, I hope I'm not the only one who leaves an episode feeling that way. I hope it's like a collective experience in that sense. Like, whoever's listening to it I hope you're feeling that um in some way or or the other because you know at times like I don't want to say life can get hard in a routine because I also enjoy the routine I like I like that and I'm thinking about this a lot like I'm about to go back to school like we're supposed we're gonna start teaching next week um so I've been thinking about like oh yeah well my summer's summer's over um you know now it's time to kind of like get back on routine get back on schedule and i i enjoy a lot of aspects about that and there are a lot of aspects that are super beneficial but i think if for me personally if all i'm doing is routine and all i'm doing is things that i know right like it's things that you experience and you experience daily um, I think that can kind of like almost it's almost puts you on like autopilot, right? Like, I mean, that's the whole thing where they're like, hey, if you if you drive to work, you don't really remember a lot of specifics. Your brain just kind of goes blank and on autopilot and it's like I am driving to work now. And then, you know, someone asks you like an hour later, like, what was your drive to work like? You're like, oh, man, I don't even. I don't even remember the drive to work. Like, I mean, it's because you're doing the same thing. You've already processed it. Um, meanwhile, you go out for an adventure. Now, like a dr driving time that is like the same exact time period, let's say like let's, if your drive to work is like 15 minutes, right? But now you're in a new area. You're exploring. That 15 minutes is going to seem a lot longer because your brain is experiencing everything for the first time like it doesn't know what to expect so it's more alert it's more present um i think i think it's kind of a cool challenge in in uh you know routine mode like when you're in your regular routine day to day i think it is a cool challenge to try to find ways for you to be more present to be more engaged to be more intentional with everything so you're not on the autopilot that is a challenge in and of itself that i think is like super worthy to like take on or attempt to take on and a lot of times failing at that <laughs> possibly um but you know having that adventure that you're looking forward to 
it's it's gonna bring you like that passion for life you know like you're you're super excited you're kind of imagining you know you're imagining what the possibilities what could happen what what will this area be like that we're traveling to um what will it be like when i'm 50 miles into a run or three days into a bike pack you know like you're it's bringing you that joy even before it happens and then when it happens you get that experience to really just take it all in and take the challenges in and step up to the unexpected just just like jeff and tanya did and i mean for me like that's what that's what's motivational to me um when i think about like my life experiences what i what i want what i want to be able to do like I want to be able to experience and love life and be on autopilot as little as possible and I know sometimes that's definitely difficult but but really trying to do that and I think adventure helps in that sense so um so something I've been thinking about lately uh you know especially as I'm getting back into regular routine how do you incorporate adventure into your regular everyday life so you can you can gain those benefits so uh yeah hope you guys are on board with that concept too and i hope you're doing it in kind of you know applying these these ideas in your own life like you're listening to this conversation you're like whoa jeff and tanya just they just flew to alaska and then they just started riding their bikes like you know surely i can go drive a couple hours this weekend to this mountain lake i've never been to and like hike six miles to get there you know what i mean like you're looking at these people who have done these massive goals and rather than being like envious or or you know being like oh i'll i'll never be able to do that and getting down on yourself like if you look at it from a different perspective it's just like dude i'm super psyched like i'm super inspired right now by by what I just heard. And that's how I leave it. That's how I approach it. And I'm hoping that's how it comes across on the podcast too. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you. We'll be back at you guys next week. We got a whole bunch of episodes recorded. Uh, I'm really excited. Next week, actually, we're gonna drop one a little early, earlier in the week. Um, it is kind of a totally different style of podcast, I'd say. Um, I'm sitting down with a couple really experienced ultra runners who have who are like, their main race that they love and have all their passion in is the Leadville 100. Um, we're going to put the episode out a little earlier in the week because Leadville is happening the like weekend after. And so there's just like some cool talk about Leadville, some cool tips, all that stuff. So come back for that. It'll be fun. All righty. That's it. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>